Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 66 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. Kenny Got That Pay, a.k.a. Joe Judgment Day, and I am joined here by a special guest. Introduce yourself. You got any a.k.a.'s? Hey, it's Damo, a.k.a. Damo the Political Plug, you already know, a.k.a. Mr. Killing, a.k.a. Hey, I get it in. You know what I mean? So we here. I'm here. Right. I usually I usually be on that political dialogue, but today it, it's a lot of it's a lot of shit I want to touch on around this time of the season anyway. You know what I'm saying? Let's go, Chiefs. And uh always I've been I've been wearing this shit for two years. I'm not about to be on those. <laughs> you ain't getting another sports. one no time soon. <laughs> hey, we're gonna talk about it. Hey, we're gonna talk about it. All right. <laughs> We got an exciting show for you today. We are going to get into our reactions to Black Monday and all the coaches that got fired. We are going to give you the fly route for the playoff bracket for the NFL, who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. We are also... Hey, let's do it. (laughs) Also, we're going to give you the best and worst free agent signings of the 2021-2022 NFL season. And last... But definitely not least, we are going to give a big, big, big baller's bouquet to Tyron Matthew of the Kansas City Chiefs. The fly route pod. The fly route pod. The fly route pod. The fly route pod. Y'all is Tony Playboy. We got to get into Black Monday, right? So a lot of guys got fired. And rightfully so. But I want to start with the one dude that got fired that raised everybody's eyebrows. Brian Flores in Miami, coming off winning eight of his last nine games this season. You're not surprised. Back to back winning seasons. I may have been. I may have been the only person not surprised. I was. I was grossly shocked. And like you might have been the only person not surprised. Like I like try to predict all the people that was getting fired last week on the pod. To be fair, all of them got fired besides Pete Carroll. But we'll see what happens with that. And then Brian Flores got put up in there. Like, yo, like I was like, I, I did not see this one coming considering two back-to-back winning seasons. Like they didn't make the playoffs, but like the Dolphins were a dumpster fire. It took them one season where they weren't where they had a losing record. Then they went back to back winning records. And they were like, nah, not this guy. Not not the guy that has us winning more games than we lose. We we good. This is the this is the thing about the Dolphins. Talk about Garbage organizations. There were, and what's going to be the theme of this entire, of all of these firings? Quarterback. And not just bad quarterback quarterback play, but confusing quarterback situations. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Very confusing quarterback situations. If you look at what's, go- if you look at what uh, was going on in Miami, first off, uh, the reports that come out, Flores wanted uh, Herbert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flores wanted Justin Herbert. Ownership wanted to him. Okay, they get him. It's not like that. We dealing with surgeries. We did. We, we playing backups after backups. We win it though. We win it because of the defense, which is his side of the ball. But but the offense is doing is is, play, is, is doing just enough. The, the offense isn't losing games. Yes, right. Which is which is what which, which is what you want from your offense. If you got if you got that type of phenomenal defense. Don't give up the game offense, right? They was doing their thing. Then you have the um, the uh, situation in Houston, mm-hmm. right? We we got we got another quarterback we can move on. What happens? 
Man, nah, I, I want to stick with Tua. I don't blame them for that because, like, you still got to settle Deshaun Watson's whole case and whatnot. Like, they're like, they're like, I want to do the due diligence. I don't trust none of that, though. I don't trust I, none of that. You, you don't got to trust it, but, like, you you don't want to be in a situation where you give Houston a haul for Deshaun Watson and then he gets commissioner exemplified, right? And then he can't play. Like, I that's like, what but, they try to avoid. But with the level of, like, what he was accused of, if he was going to be commissioner exemplified, he would have been on there. No, I feel like the NFL is taking the route of we won't do anything because he ain't gonna play anyway. So like we can we can just act Cause, like because he Deshaun Watson been outside out of mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if he was gonna play, they probably would have tipped their hand to do something. But they're like, hey, if he's not gonna play, we just gonna leave this joint alone for right now. We ain't gotta take no heat for it. We mm-hmm. ain't gotta deal with no people being mad at us. Like he already said he's not playing, so mm-hmm. he. He is commissioner exempt listed himself, but with the paycheck. And that ain't our paycheck, so we ain't mad at it, right? Like so, but you don't want to be in a situation where you trade for Deshaun Watson, you try to start him, and they're like, now hold up. <laughs> Sit that down real quick. And now you like, oh, we done gave up three first round draft picks. We might have had to give it's him a two risk. or two. Yeah. It's a it's a risk. It's it's definitely a risk. But but that is that still was something that caused the rift between Flores and and uh Chris Leadership, Greer, the owners, yeah, yeah, yeah and Chris so Greer, GM, and, and so the yeah, they they was ready to they it was like, all right, we clearly and we ain't make the playoffs, yeah, we clearly like like this is enough of a read, y'all. If, even I feel like even if they would have made the playoffs and like you know lost in the first round, it it still would have been the same outcome. It's like that we we they clearly, made up their mind. yeah, like we're we, we're not trying to go in the same direction, and I think they know that they got they have great talent and that he's gonna be fine. I think they also know that. That's why they just like this. Just ain't a good fit for us. You feel me? So we just go ahead instead of draw this shit out. We gonna go ahead and let and you know what I'm saying let you be the pick of the litter. You know what I mean? As, as we try to move forward and get somebody there, and, and it's gonna it's gonna work out terribly for them. Terribly. Yeah, it felt real Jim Caldwell to me. Like I can see, <laughs> yo, it did. I can see the lot. I can see the Dolphins going on a lion style run of just being absolutely ass. Because the only thing that has been constant through Chris Greer's, like, tenure as the GM there, absent the two two of the three years they had Brian Flores, is that they were absolute ass. Like, we saw them ruin Ryan Tannehill with Adam Gase, right? Adam oh Gase God. went on to his second stop and proved that he was a bad coach the first Why AFC is Tannehill time. the number one seed in the fucking AFC? Balling because of good choices and good coaching and good personnel and in the Titans. So like, like really? they might ruin Tua after this. Like who? That, like that's why you can't you can't trust. Like it's, it's certain organizations that you cannot trust. Like the the outcome of the talent based on everything else around it. Mm. Like Tannehill's success, like really since he left Miami, is is a perfect example of that. But like he's really like I mean he's not you know like. uh just like Tom Brady esque, but right? he's so, like, but he can win games. Exactly, so, he shows that he can win you games, not just yes. not lose you games. Right, which he, can win he games. couldn't even do in, in Miami because they were so bad. He yeah, could right. win them games. Like when Derrick Henry went out, everybody was like, "Oh, now we gonna see Ryan Tannehill gonna get exposed." He went six and three. Like, like, 
So it's not even like, oh, when you don't have the best back in football behind you, wide receiver one is consistently hurting A.J. Brown. Wide receiver mm. two is also hurting Julio Jones. And you throwing to Anthony Fisker and you winning games. You winning games. It, like, I, that doesn't like, speak to how good of a coach Mike Vrabel is, though. Just, facts. You know, That's my coach of the year, undeniably. Yeah, yeah. Undeniably. Got to give him his flowers. We, we shipped down to a former coach of the year. Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace both get the boot. Like I was actually so much more excited because like everybody knew Matt Nagy was getting fired. Right. Yeah, but I was yeah. so much more excited that we doubled up and fired Gase, I mean, <laughs> fired Pace and Nagy at the same time. Right. Yo, and what do, what do we, what, but, but again, what's the thing? Quarterback play. It, it, it's weird because our quarterback situation is solved now. That's the thing. We got Justin Fields. We are confident in Justin Fields. He got better as the year went on, but he got but better. But they got put in, in a position spite. where they had to. Like they got put in a position where they had to. I mean, I think that like when you when you're when you're waffling between like Andy Dalton and fucking Justin Fields, bro. Like when you're like it's it's, it's a difference. But Andy Dalton isn't motherfucking uh, Alex Smith. I think that's what, I think that's where they get it wrong. Like it's like you know they think we we want to go to Patrick Mahomes route, watch somebody. You don't want to pick up nothing Andy Dalton does. Yo, that, I mean, that's a little. That's like Andy Dalton was a consistent starter for like near like how long in Cincinnati, making the playoffs multiple times. He ain't win no playoff this? games. Are we doing it? Like, look, I think <laughs> look, I believe that Andy Dalton gets a bad rap for being put in this particular situation of having to start over Justin Fields where he obviously shouldn't have and being made promises, et cetera. But that like, you know, uh, and Ryan Pace, a hundred percent. And that's why the motherfuckers is gone. Right. Exactly. Like they put they put him in a bad spot by promising him things they shouldn't have, especially after they drafted a quarterback in the first round, but they promised him before that. Like, I just, I'm happy they both gone. It's just like what happens now, because like we got a team that has a bunch of good defensive players, right, and a lot of young offensive talent, but then a lot of cap casualties around there. It's like who do you bring in a general manager? Who do you bring in a head coach? How do they reshape things? Because the one thing for me is like you need to bring in an offensive minded head coach. Like I don't. It's weird because we we talk about Brian Flores here. I don't want Brian Flores, and it's hard to say mm. that because. Even when we had an offensive-minded coach who wasn't all that great in Matt Nagy, our defense still kept performing. The talent that we have there, the staff that we have there is good, right? We need a person that comes in, fix the offense, comes in and develops Justin Fields. Brian right. Flores is a lot of things. I'm not calling him a quarterback developer. And that's the problem. I, look, I would take a hardball. I would actually also take a Brian Dable because of what he's done with Josh Allen. And I like Brian Flores, and I think Brian Flores is probably the best overall coach on the market. I'm not sure if he's the best coach for Chicago. Like, that brings me to someone like Vic Fangio. And I feel bad for Fangio, bro. Yeah, like, I feel so bad for Fangio, particularly because, like, he ain't never have a chance. I, is it that he didn't have, have a chance? Or did, Fangio is the, is the worst example of not being able to figure out the fucking quarterback situation. It's not like okay so this is something i talked about on last week's episode it's not his fault it's john elway's fault because fangio had three years there but like 
Elway have been fucking up the quarterback position consistently since Peyton left. Like Trevor yeah. Simeon, really? Like yeah. he was supposed to get it done with Trevor Simeon. He was supposed to get it done with Drew Locke. He was supposed to get it done with um, Paxton Lynch. Like, like, like you, like you see what I'm saying? Like Teddy yeah. Bridgewater was far and away the best quarterback that he had, like his entire tenure as a head coach. As a Chiefs fan, I don't really, I, you know, I'm I'm hard on the Broncos. Like, you know, I'm hard on the AFC West, period. Uh, fuck all of them. Um, do we cuss on here, by the way? Yeah, like, I've been cussing. Yeah, I've yeah. just, just been cussing. But, uh, but to be fair, though, like, it's, it is a uphill battle. It's a fight. Because you're looking for a quarterback to compete with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and David Carr. Mm-hmm. Like, and David Carr is no yeah. slouch. Uh, Derek, Derek, excuse me. Yeah, Derek Carr. Uh, was David was his brother? Yeah. Yeah, trash. He was terrible. David Carr was terrible. <laughs> Derek Carr. Yeah, he had to play Derek. for the Texans, though. Like, hey, I mean, and he played for the Panthers, too. That's, yeah. how, that's why I know he was terrible. Uh, but Derek Carr, he, uh, he, he's no slouch. I mean, to make the playoffs with no, uh, I mean, with, 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 uh, no, with an uh, interim head coach, you know what I mean? In that, in that division, you feel me? So, Fangio really had to find some like a one talent to be competitive, and, and so I I get you in terms of like him, like it's it not really being his fault, but I mean like you know it, it's just like Sailor in uh in in, in in New York you know the 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 uh what the road looked like, I mean, and if and if you are not fully invested in that, it's not looking it's not gonna look good for you. Yeah, I, I, like I'm I'm with you, but like I feel like. I mean, there's a reason why Elway had to step down for being GM. And I feel like the same reason why he had to step down from GM, not being able to get the quarterback right, is the same reason why Fangio got fired. Because Fangio consistently, as a defensive guy, kept having great defenses, good running games, and they just couldn't get the quarterback to go. It's everything but quarterback, right? And I feel like the next dude that gets the Denver job, unless they draft or trade for like an upgraded quarterback, is going to be in the same situation as Fangio and be out in the same amount of time. Like that is a carousel until they get that right. Yeah, Which I mean, just, like it's, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, it, especially with the competition in the AFC West. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. Like that leads us to like the one team here that like really didn't have a huge quarterback issue, which is Mike Zimmer, who also got fired it's along with the GM in Minnesota. Right. Well, uh, when you say uh, who did you you compare uh, Flores getting fired to? Who did you compare it to? Jim Caldwell. That's who I feel like Zimmer. Zimmer being fired, it, it felt like when Caldwell got fired because I feel like they weren't bad. Like the Vikings aren't a bad team. They beat the they beat uh, Aaron Rodgers. They beat the Packers. Mm-hmm. Like and, I mean, they have they they have great talent. It's I I I think that uh, at the quarterback uh, position, they're just that mediocre. Like you, you, I, you've reached your 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 cap, which you can get out of him. And I mean, all that guaranteed bread. What do you do? Hey, yo, I fuss <laughs> with the way Kirk Cousins do business, though. Like, like that man do? said, I get paid and paid in full on day one. I I can't I can't knock Kirk Cousins ever because that is some game. Like after he got franchise tagged by Washington, he's like, look, from now on, I get all I my bread all. up front day one. Cash the check, and I can't ever be mad at a player that runs like that. But you see, but but that's the, but that's exactly why they have to get Zimmer out of there, is because it's like 
This is about what everybody else expected from Cousins. <laughs> this, this is really about, like, so the fact that, like, you know, we we felt like, all right, y'all, like, we made the decision, like, to be that invested in Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, we got to do something different. We got to do something different. I feel like the finer straws of the things that might have got Zimmer fired here is, like, they were in prime position to make the playoffs. Then they played the Packers the second time. They need to win this game where they're out. And, of mm-hmm. course, Kirk Cousins gets COVID and can't play, <laughs> especially because he's unvaccinated. And then instead of playing I Kelly didn't Mom, know Cousins was unvaccinated. Yeah, yeah he is. unvaccinated. So, like, he had no chance of coming back. Like, so once he got that shit, they were without a quarterback guaranteed. And that put him at a big disadvantage and a win to stay in the race type of situation. And then he plays Sean Mannion who has been like, he's like 30, right? Been in the NFL forever instead of the guy they drafted, Kellen Mond. That year, second round pick, they drafted Kellen Mond. He didn't play Kellen Mond. And they're like experienced, but like Sean Mannion only had two more starts than Kellen Mond when he started that game this year at like 30 plus years old. And they just made a second round pick on a quarterback. And I feel like that was the moment when they was like, all right, get this nigga out of here, bro. Like- <laughs> I mean, it, it, it has to be. It, it, it has to be because I, because you know, you don't get fired. Coaches don't get fired off one season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, but usually by the time you get to the end of that season, like they, it's either like we've seen enough or, you know, I, we starting to turn it around. And so again, it's like you can only, like mediocrity only, you know, takes you so far, right? Like, you, you're not going to keep paying somebody big money to be mediocre. You either get rid of them and bring somebody else that can, you know what I'm saying, they can get a job done, or you're going to show us another level. And, like, Zimmer just, you know, just just couldn't do that. So, I actually, he was the one I felt the most sorry for. Dang, okay. Yeah. Okay, mine was Fangio. Uh, the last guy here, and I think this is a guy that nobody feels sorry for, was Joe Judge and <laughs> Dave Gettleman getting the boot for the Giants. Uh, I mean, I they were four and thirteen. I think what happened with Judge is the same thing that happened with. Uh, remember when uh, the the Rams were moving from St. Louis to L.A. Yeah. Um, and they and they weren't firing. Um, uh, who was the coach? Oh, uh, it was a Fisher. Fisher, Jeff Fisher? yeah, Jeff yes. Fisher. They they weren't firing Jeff Fisher, and the media went crazy. Like they was just like, "What? They bringing Fisher with them? Fisher's coming <laughs> to L.A. Why? Yeah. Wait, why is he getting another season?" And then they was like, yeah. I, th- I think it's the same thing. I they think got they- bullied. They saw yeah. Brian Flores get fired. And everybody was yeah. like, yo, this nigga Joe Judge got a job still? Because he wasn't because he wasn't with the, that first round of firings. Like when it, when everything came out, like mm-hmm. after the Giants and, and everybody and their leadership met up, there was no news. Yeah, they like, the like, GM retired on right? Monday. All the other coaches get fired on Monday. Joe Judge does not get fired until Tuesday. Right. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that Monday, like – Everybody's like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> How does dude out here with a job? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this is interesting, right? I mean, and again, another uh, Danny Dimes is not what it is, man. Mm-hmm. Danny Dimes is not what it is. But then he, he got hurt this call. season. They were trying to play Mike Glennon. Then Mike Glennon got hurt, and then they were trying to play Jake Fromm. Like, boy, the Giants had no good luck this season. Nothing. Uh, ain't, ain't been able to do nothing with, uh, you know, do nothing with Saquon and Saquon staying injured. I'm just happy Saquon made it through the season for the most part. Like that was that, that was big. 
You gotta I mean, take yeah, small like, wins like when you're the Giants. Yeah, yeah, like finally. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. When that's when that's just a win. Okay, like okay, Saquon made it through. Protect that man, right? Like, do <laughs> like what are y'all doing? You know what okay. I mean? So yeah, Judge, like that. That was the most expected. The last to hear. I think that was the funniest because it was just like, yo, y'all really gonna? Are y'all playing chicken or what? Like, yeah, nah. <laughs> They were really thinking about keeping man. They were like, you know, give him one, one more year. And yeah, like, man. he only got two years, to be fair. And like, the second year was mirrored with terrible quarterback issues. So, like, I kind of feel bad for him in that aspect. Like, last year, he kind of turned the team around towards the end of the season. There was a little bit of hope. And then this year, he had no chance with the stuff they went through. Like, they were playing Jake Fromm, who got cut from the Colts. It's like their third string quarterback. Like they they got a new third string quarterback instead of Jake Fromm, and he was their starter. So like, I feel a little bad for Joe Judge because of that. Like, but the but the way that they talked about it was that it, it wasn't just what was happening on field. It was just every it, everything. Which is they the the phrase that was used was it just got worse every week. Yeah. Like in, internally, <laughs> as soon as we thought we hit rock bottom, we found yeah. a new low. They use the word rock bottom. They're like, we kept finding a new rock bottom every week. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> so, like, that's like, okay, you, when you get fired that soon, that means you just don't have it together. Mm. Like, it's just like, it's the, the pieces aren't, and, and, the, and the, the picture is just not clear for everybody. So, yeah, like, Judge, yeah, it was, you, you tried, bro. He gave it those college try. Mm hmm. Yo, we got to talk about the playoff bracket going in here to Super Wild Card Weekend. And I, we, got, we got the lines for the Super Wild Card Weekend, obviously. But once it's playoff time, I don't care if we win by one point. I don't care if we win by 20 points. It's all about the money line because it's win or go home. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about the lines a little bit, but I'm real focused on the money line, not about the spreads here. We will start in the AFC with your boys. The Chiefs are playing the Steelers, and yeah. I mean, no one expects the Steelers to win this game. <laughs> the Steelers don't expect to win this game. Like the <laughs> Chiefs are twelve and a half point favorites in this game. Like they're expecting a big blowout. The Chiefs are at home. I like here's what I'll say. Obviously, I think the Chiefs will win. I actually think the Steelers will cover the twelve point five points. Like they will lose by twelve or less. I I just don't feel like they're gonna go out. That bad. They're gonna get skunked. Uh, they might lose by ten. They might lose by eleven. You know what skunked is. <laughs> you think they might lose by like seventeen? <laughs> I'm thinking seventeen twenty. Oh, I, I, look. Okay, based off that one time they met earlier this season, that is a very fortuitous thought. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been playing a little bit stronger as of late. Like. I, I, I feel like they should cover, but they ain't gonna oh, win. They beat Baker Mayfield on one leg, dog. Like you can't <laughs> like, and then I mean, and then Huntley like and Tyler picks? Huntley. Yeah. 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 Like, come on, yeah. man. Okay. Look, look, you might have Mike Tomlin's a great coach. He is. He is. He is. But a respectable the, coach. So I I I just I want to believe in their defense. I'm not saying I got a lot of faith in Big Ben here. But I got a little bit of faith in Najee Harris in that run game. They ain't gonna win the game. I just, I just, for Ben's sake, hopefully your last game isn't getting twenty pieces by the Chiefs. Like that was, <laughs> what a I way mean, to go out. The fact that, nah, the fact that uh, that he won his last home game in Heinz Field. Like, I feel like you rest your hat on that, buddy. Because, like you said, 
any anytime your quarterback is going into wild card uh weekend talking about you know we just happy to be here <laughs> you're not gonna be here long you're not gonna be here long That's all right I'm with you. The next team I got here is the Bengals and the Raiders, yo. I like the Raiders. I I, I like the Raiders to cover mm-hmm. the five and a half point spread. I like the Bengals to win the game, though. Like that offense is prolific. Yeah. It's it's Jamar, real. Jamar Chase, yeah, Jamar yeah, go ahead. Different. Go ahead. Like Jamar it, yeah. Chase different. No, talk yeah. that shit. Jamar yeah. Chase different. Like the way he put the burners on the Chiefs when you all played, the <sighs> What? We we let them have that game. You don't want to go into the, you don't want to go into the playoffs. Uh, on, Listen, bro. you don't want to go to the but even on. if they didn't let them have that game, you don't want to go into the playoffs yeah. on a on a like eight nine game winning streak. You don't mm, want to I ain't tra- yeah, I, you I'm not trying to hear we let them have that game. <laughs> I, like they burnt y'all. Hey, <laughs> Joe yeah, Burrow he, was he swinging cooked. that thing. Like cooked. yeah, and I, like the weird thing is the Raiders are like one of the least likely team to play too high safety, so they are really prone to getting beat by the big play. And I think that's going to be a big problem for them trying to keep up with the Bengals. I like the Bengals' money line, but I like the Raiders covering the five and a half point spread. Yeah, I'm about to go with the Bengals on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the, it's it's because I mean I think you know the the Raiders have gotten here off you know off the off the ta- off talent off just really just playing really well through adversity. But in order to you know make a real playoff run, you got to have like y'all got to have y'all shit together. Uh, you're not about to make a. You're not about to be deep in the playoffs with an interim, uh, with an interim coach. So, okay, I'm with you there. The last, the last part of the AFC here is the Patriots versus the Bills, and I, w- I want to know who you take in first. I'm gonna be honest, man. It's hard. It's hard to go, to vote to go against uh, Bill Belichick, but I, I, I got I'm, I'm, I'm low key. I'm. I'm I, I'm a, I gotta go with the Bills, man. I gotta go with the Bills. I'm taking the Patriots as dogs. <laughs> I, 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 I like the Patriots plus four here. I like the Patriots money line here. Like, here's what I'll say: the first game, everybody will chalk up to the weather for the Bills. The second yeah. game, the Bills played really well, and like, unfortunately, Mac Jones didn't really get it going until it was a little bit too late. I just feel like the Patriots have seen y'all twice, seen y'all at your worst, seen you at your best. Bill's going to have a game plan coming through. And Josh Allen is prone to making mistakes and throwing picks. He's like top three in the league in interceptions. And that's what, why I don't want to. I, but again, but Mac Jones, Mac Jones. He got to just, he got to not lose the game. He got to put them in position to put points on the board. And the Patriots have to win the turnover battle. And I, I like the Patriots. I feel like are liable to pick Josh Allen off twice. That, yeah, yeah, and that's I, and that's why it's difficult. That's why. Yeah, it's difficult. you but pick him off Josh twice. Is, you, you throw him off his rhythm. Like mm-hmm. Josh Allen is one of those is one of those quarterbacks though that like I feel like he's he's I mean hell like they what they made it to like the uh, the uh, AFC Championship. Yeah, they lost to y'all. Yeah, like so it's like yeah he. Josh Allen has like playoff wins under his belt. He knows the arena. He knows the, you know, what I mean, the uh the, the pressure, right? Mac Jones, like, yeah, we we know Bill. Like, we know what we're gonna get from Bill. It's probably gonna be two picks thrown. It's probably gonna be two picks thrown. But a rookie quarterback, you know what I'm saying? In the playoffs, it's gonna be easier for the Bills to, to game plan against. He is like he I, I mean, as much as Josh Allen is prone to mistakes, you got a lot of rookie habits. 
that's easy to like to sit and pick apart in terms of the Bills defense. So it, you know, if, if I'm putting if I'm putting my money behind behind a quarterback, I, I, I gotta do it. Oh, I gotta I gotta give it to Josh Allen before I give it to Mike Jones. I got one interesting stat here, which I grabbed from Mina Kimes on Twitter this week. Like, apparently, Josh Allen has a 50% completion weather in freezing, a completion percentage in freezing weather. And this is going to be a game at negative two degrees, but no, like, no real, like, precipitation. So it's not going to rain, it's not going to snow, but it's going to be be freezing. But it's going to get cold. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be freezing high winds. Apparently, that is. 40th out of 41 QBs over the last 15 seasons. Mm, at that at that temperature. <laughs> yeah, at, that temperature. at freezing temperatures. But you play in Buffalo. Which means the sample size has to be quite large. That's actually <laughs> what that meant. That, that's actually what that meant to me is that you play in Buffalo, so the sample size has to be quite large. <laughs> yeah. With that being said, well, uh, I'm just, I'm gonna go with my pick. Pick integrity. I'm going to go with my pick. I'm going to go with the Bills. Okay, other side of the bracket, NFC. The NFC is a little bit less interesting to me. Like, the first game I want to talk about is Philly versus Tampa Bay. I, I feel like – I feel very similar to this game as I feel to, like, the Steelers and uh, and <laughs> Chiefs, right? Like, yeah. I feel like Tampa Bay is going to come up and they're going to kind of kick you in your shit. <laughs> like, they're eight-and-a-half-point favorites. I actually think I will take Tampa at the eight-and-a-half points. Regardless of if they have Fournette or not or anybody else, yes. Philly is a run-first team. That's what they're dedicated to doing. And, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, Tampa Bay is one of the top-run defenses in the league. So, like, they play well to Philly's strengths. Philly is prone to making some mistakes and stalling out. That Tampa Bay defense, at least the front end of it, can be very opportunistic. I just – I don't see Tom Brady going out Mm -hmm. in the first round here. Yeah, even though they're down some weapons, like he got Gronk. Gronk looked really good last week. He looked yeah, healthier I mean, than he's looking a while. Tom Brady and Gronk could beat them by themselves. Yeah, right? he still got Mike <laughs> Evans too. Like it's 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 they 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 game they game for some real damage. I like uh, I, I like them. I'm ready to talk about the NFC East anyway. I mean, I guess we could start here. Okay. I mean, NFC East got one team in there. They play the, <laughs> it's Dallas, and they playing the 49ers. But but I mean but I, I'm uh in terms of you know what I'm saying who like that the NFC East competition you feel me like they really don't it's I I and even when we we'll get to the Cowboys but yeah just you know I don't really need to waste too much more time Bucks uh, no like, like we yeah. going straight into the Cowboys <laughs> I'm saying like they got one more team oh. that's going to the Cowboys Cowboys play the 49ers yeah who you take it that one I'm not I'm not a big fan of Jimmy I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Z. I think he's. I think he's. I think he, even with him not accomplishing what he's accomplished, I still think he's overrated. <laughs> I, I still think he's overrated. But the thing wow. about that. But the thing about that is Dak Prescott cuts his teeth on the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Like he looks great against the NFC East and other losing teams. Dak Billy Prescott Giants. does not. <laughs> right. Dak Prescott does not like. He, he doesn't shine against the Chiefs. Right, he doesn't. He doesn't shine against like uh, I think the they beat the Cardinals though, right? They did beat the Cardinals. No, the Cardinals. The Cardinals pushed their shit in. They played the Cardinals. I want to say like three weeks ago. I want to say they lost beat to the Cardinals. One, oh no, they they lost to the Cardinals. They did beat one above five hundred team. Mm, uh, who did they? They probably got a. Oh, they beat the What's Patriots. 
They beat the Patriots. Uh, Dak throws that game-winning touchdown. Like I want to say it's either to end OT or at the end of regulation. Dak throws a game-winning touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. And I think they had to go to OT with the Patriots. And, I mean, so, you know, he had, like, he has a win, right? Like, <laughs> but, but in terms of, in terms of, like, really beating quality teams, I, it, it, I don't, you don't really see it too often. And so, I'm going to have to go with the 49ers, though. We're on the same page. <laughs> I got the 49ers plus three and money line. I'm with you. Yeah. Like, I like the Niners. They are, the Niners are a team that, was really up and down this year, but Jimmy G got hurt like at two separate occasions. They had to play Trey Lance. He's a rookie. He was the rawest rookie of all the rookies that, that, that was in the, the draft. Least amount of, uh, the least amount of starts? Like of one season plus an exhibition game. That's it. He played one season two years ago, like two years before he was drafted. The year before he was drafted, he played one exhibition game because of COVID. And that was it. So, like, they are actually in quite kind of like a struggle situation. But when they get Jimmy G playing and on the field, this team wins a lot. This team's running game is ridiculous. That's why they win. Yes, it is. That's why they win. That's why whenever you – listen, Joe Flacco was able to maintain a career by having a good run game and a great defense. He looked phenomenal. <laughs> oh, okay. That is true. The, Jimmy, Jimmy G does just enough in that offense, and he don't frequently try to do too much, and the Kyle Shanahan just schemes well. Like, what is Dallas going to do with Debo Samuels? Like, that, oh that's the God. thing for me. And, 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 and what, Kittle? what position is he going to play? Are they gonna have him at wide receiper? Or are they gonna keep keep him at running back? They are gonna have him at both. He's gonna be doing that, reverses. He's, yeah, he's like gonna be all over the place. Yeah. And like, do you do you have Micah Parson on George Kittle because he can keep up as a linebacker because of his speed? And if that's the case, who's rushing Jimmy G? Like, yeah. You well, you you have to Micah Parsons. Michael Parsons has to rush. But when you when you flip it and you look at oh, San Francisco on the defensive side of the ball. She, they, they just as deadly. Them Bosa boys don't play. They just they as do deadly. Not. I, like, like if you just having the last name Bosa, just make you a. a it's, it's like, like the last a, name Watt. Right. It's like you a monster. Yeah. You a monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what's in y'all parent jeans? But goddamn, they was making football players. Yeah, right. <laughs> they was making DN. The last game. This was the hardest of all the games for me to call. The Cardinals are playing the Rams. And this one, mm. this one gave me trouble. Like legitimate, like I was kind of concerned, wasn't all too sure who was going to win. And I am leaning towards the Rams at this I'm leaning moment. Leaning towards the Rams. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm not, I'm, to be honest, I'm not even leaning. I'm going Rams. I'm like going Rams. my big thing was like, we ain't really seen DeAndre Hopkins like that that that's the thing for me that I feel kind of decides this game is like and and I I trust I trust McVay more so to put together a complete game in the wild it, like this early in the playoffs and not do uh Cliff Kingsbury the other guy Kingsbury yeah yeah because I I just feel like the the, the they have it they have the talent but they don't have the consistency mm-hmm. like they like they're they're great in spurts and I don't think right now they're at where they were, like when Kyler Murray was considered MVP. But I think Matthew Stafford, I, I think he's more seasoned. 
I think I I, I just think uh, he success story. I mean, you posted something about it on Facebook, uh, I think, and I was like, I, I fucked with it because I'm just like Matthew Stafford is just like finally. You know what I mean, like they mm-hmm. call him, they call him Stat Padford. <laughs> and so, you know what I'm saying, for so long, because it was like, they, they said the only reason his, his numbers look good was because garbage minutes. Mm-hmm. You know yes, and indeed. So he, and so he comes to a, he, he comes to a big market, big team, right? A, a lot of expectations, big names on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. And he fits, and he fits in just fine. He, he has... His issues, right? Like he can be uh, 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 turnover heavy, interception prone. He can force the ball. We know this. You know what I mean? Uh, interceptions. That's the problem with those big arm quarterbacks. Yeah, you push. They think they can do anything. Yeah, but the fact that he still got like he he ten years in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like we forget. Like that was an old. That was an old Georgia uh, big name. You know what I'm saying? Matthew Stafford. Now Mm -hmm. they got they. National championship. But he was doing Stafford, a lot of the stuff Mahomes was doing, but it, it just he wasn't winning no games, so there ain't he nobody wasn't cared. winning any games. Yeah, you know, I mean, and you know, he had he had that time with Megatron, which mm-hmm. which really made him look bad because it's like, damn, you got the best receiver in the history of the game. But he, but look, Megatron was eating. Like yeah. Matt Stafford is responsible for the two greatest seasons by a wide receiver in NFL history. Like, right. And they different at they super different type of receivers. Like Megatron right. was put two dudes on me, just throw the 50-50 ball. What they gonna do? Right. And Cooper Cup is like intricate route running, placement of the ball, etc. Like it is yeah. his talent is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I got I feel like he has to show out. I feel like yeah. it's more dire for the Rams to show out than it is for the Cardinals. They got a lot more to prove. Yeah. Like I think I think I think we're all still kind of lenient on the Cardinals. And we're not we're not really beating them up that much for that for the collapse that they had. You know what I mean? Which, they made it like, to the playoffs finally. Right. right. Like, like if they would have missed the playoffs, it would have been bad. Yeah, Kyle's yeah. like what year three? So it's Cliff and they're like, all right, you made it to the playoffs. You got consistently right. better as you went on. Right. Like right. If y'all went out, it's not devastating. But if the Rams go out after like all the win now moves they made, it's like, oh. First round right. exit. Right. <laughs> That's what oh, y'all take all the picks for. And, and don't y'all and don't let it be like interception heavy. Mm-hmm. Odell is, is Odell a problem here too? He was, they, was he trying to force it? Stafford is, is solely responsible for a lot of those picks he throws to like in Odell's direction. Like I won't even say he throws to Odell. Odell is just somewhere in the radius, and they're like, "All right, hey, it's Odell." Yeah, like it's like come on, Odell out here playing DB sometimes when Matt Stafford mm-hmm. throws the ball. Like, <laughs> all right, so we got our first round out of the way. We come into the conference semis. We then it seems like. We are a little bit split on who faces the Chiefs next. Is it going to be the Bills or is it going to be the Patriots? To be fair, I don't think it particularly matters for me personally at this moment. <laughs> like, I still think the Chiefs will win that game. I, beat I, I think beat the, either the Bills or the Patriots. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right. I do think the Chiefs end up being victorious. I honestly believe that the Patriots might have a better chance than the Bills because of the strength of their defense and Kansas City at this point is not the same Kansas City we used to know right they're not like the infinite juggernaut they will make mistakes they will turn over the ball they can Mm. stall out and the Patriots defense is the style of defense that can play that too high safety and give you trouble with corners like JC Jackson on the low end so I think the the Chiefs want the Bills to win (laughs) 
like because yeah, because you know you don't want to see Bill Belichick. Andy Reid really don't want to see Bill Belichick. Like like let's just let's just be honest. Um, but the, at the same time, do you want to see Josh Allen? Is I it, think you rather it, see Josh it, Allen it, than you rather see the the, the Patriots defense than, than the Patriots defense. I I I don't want to see. I, I think we're gonna see Josh Allen. I don't want to see Josh Allen. Okay, you rather see I, I, you rather I, see Mac Jones and just let I'd your rather see Mac Jones. Yeah, because I because because I think that we'll have we'll have our our defense will have more issues with with. Josh Allen. I mean, we have like we we see. Yeah, <laughs> I like, rather have see like, what happened. Don't you think the Chiefs want to be in a shootout? That's the thing I always thought. Like they're like it's a shootout. We would like to. Like, besides that game with the Bengals, because Joe Burrow was killing Doggy. it. But like Doggy, yeah. most of the times, if, if you're like the game is gonna be a shootout, I think Mahomes is like that'd be great. <laughs> like y'all want a shootout? Let's go. We want to be last on the field. We do want to yes. be last on the field. We do mm. want to be last on the field. But I think. Hey, and and with and with and Bill Belichick and him, they, they really gonna grind it out. It's really gonna mm-hmm. be a grind out game. Um, but the thing about it is, I, I by fooling with our defense, you don't know if that it, it, like if literally we'll have that opportunity. Like, if you think about like if you think about the times the Chiefs have been like knocked out of the playoffs, these are I mean really these last few years or really just the time they were knocked out because they've been to the championship the last two years. I mean, that's when that's when uh, Patrick Mahomes got to sit on the sideline and watch Tom Brady just eat the field up, like or, or shit. I mean, you know, we had a lot of issues with the uh, with our offensive oh, uh, line. That was the so, big thing to me, right? And and, and which to, to be fair, that was. But Tom Brady ate, yeah, like he ate, like he chopped. Like, and, I mean, and then Leonard Fournette ate. Like it was just, it was, it was just a one-two punch that we just could not handle. Oh, yeah, so Tom was calling him playoff Lenny. Man, <laughs> listen, of the way he was eating. <laughs> listen, and so, like the thing about it is, like we'll have that grind out, like, like having that grind out game. I think if we can, if we can score quickly, which I, which is something I do think. It'd be difficult with a uh, Bill Belichick. I mean, because it's Bill Belichick, it's the AFC. Like he knows what the fuck he's dealing with. I think we'll be straight, but the, what what worries me the most is our defense. Mm-hmm. Like what worries what worries me the most is our defense. We look good against a lot a lot of teams that we should have looked good against, but we had that stretch where we could not stop motherfuckers that we sh- that like really gave us uh, gave us that work. So, all right, other side of the bracket. You get the Bengals, which we are both in agreement on, getting the first round by Titans. And with, like, my assumption here was clearly on the, like, I believe Derrick Henry will return and return in force. It's not like he tore an ACL. It's not like he had an Achilles issue. He broke a bone in his foot. And, like, when he broke that bone in his foot, he still finished the game after he did it, right? And I feel like, if Derrick Henry comes back as Derrick Henry, I'm taking the Titans to win that game over the Bengals. Now, if Derrick Henry comes back and he's not able to get going and he can't break off the big Derrick Henry run, I do think the Bengals have a, are hell alive. And that is going to be, I feel like, what the game comes down to for them. I, for me, I think it's going to be a question of how much, how much faith do I have in Mike Vrabel? Defensive guy... Can you look at what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have been able to do all season and, and, and really, like, put a cap on that? Like, you got somebody that could throw up, like, five touchdowns. Easy. Right? Like, mm-hmm. can you mm-hmm. – I mean, and, 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 and you know, the, the guy that shoots – Tannehill can't do that. 
<laughs> yeah, Teddy Hill's not gonna give you five touchdowns. He's he probably give, not. He he, he he may give you three. I mean, but really, like you said, if Derrick Henry back, you want to be running the ball anyway. And you want to eat so, the clock up and keep Gerald Burrow and that offense off the field. Exactly. <laughs> and so and so um I I I gotta go I go with Mike. I go with Mike. I go with Mike. I go with Mike Vable and the Titans. I think that uh I think that with like with a defensive minded guy like that, the goal is limit the opportunities to score, limit limit the amount of time Joe Burrow gets to stay on the field, regardless of whether or not they have Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? They they figure it out. Um, and so I, I think that uh that experience that Mike Vrabel has, the, the experience that they have as a team, I think they pull it out. Okay. That okay, that will lead to that our conference finals, Titans v Chiefs. I know what you gonna say. <laughs> right. Yeah, like third straight Super Bowl for Patty Mahomes, but again, this like I honestly feel like this is kind of the Titans' window. Like I do, in fact, think the Titans can beat the Chiefs. The Titans have the safeties. I mean, they have. The <laughs> they yeah, have. they have the they have the safeties. <laughs> they have the running game if Henry is going, and I do believe that this obviously all depends on how Henry looks. And when we talk again next week, you know, like. We'll see at him in that first game, but I think the Titans can beat the Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl. Like, and that would be that's the culmination of everything they were looking for when they made that Julio Jones trade. Now I know yeah, you I, don't think it's going. No, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, I, I think I, I do think I think they have a shot. I'm not delusional. Mm-hmm. I'm not delusional. Like, I mean, I think I think it's all a question of. I mean, we can handle Tannehill. It's a question of how healthy is Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. We can handle Tannehill. How question is like you know so. If uh if 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 I mean Derrick Henry come back and he like dogging, I think that we 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 have we have a problem because we we struggle against the run, like we struggle against teams that can that uh, that can really push the ball. And so if it's just Tannehill, we got to deal with keep him to fourteen, maybe even give up seventeen points. We can beat like we can beat them by like we can. That's a game you can win. Yeah. Straight. yeah, we can win that game if they if we give up seventeen. But if we give up seventeen and they and they killing us in time of possession. I mean, and we got six or nine. It's a bad. Derrick Henry breaks off like a sixty-yarder, and that seventeen now becomes like a twenty-four. Twenty-four, yeah. yeah. In the middle of the third quarter, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a problem. So, um, I give I I give it to the Chiefs, even with a healthy Derrick Henry. But like, if if Derrick Henry come at like seventy-five percent, and 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 it's really on Tannehill to really put them ahead, I think we good. Okay, I'm with you. We'll flip over to the NFC. We got the conference semis going. We are both on Rams and Tampa winning in the wild card, which puts them to head up against each other. And I think this is where Tampa Bay would actually falter and take the L. I think this is where not having that third receiver or just pass catcher and Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown, et cetera, will really come and bite you in the ass when you try to have a fireworks show with the Rams. Yeah. Like, their back end of the Tampa Bay defense is bad. They, they've they been trying to rely on Richard Sherman, who couldn't get healthy. Like, they are struggling. And now you got it. And when you, when you play them the first time, you were trying to cover Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And Robert Woods is no slouch. But now you're trying to cover Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. That yeah. It's different. Like, now Aaron Donald has Von Miller on the other side of him. Yeah, trying to get at Tom Brady. Yeah, Like, they can make him uncomfortable. They can Come put on. up points. Cam Akers is back. Like, I actually think the Rams could beat the T- Tampa Bay in the conference semis. 
Yeah, nah, I, I, I'm going with the Rams all the way. I think, uh, you know, Tom Brady is like he's great, he's great, but he can, he can only do so much. He can only do so much, and we know that he needs his weapons. No Antonio Brown, right? No Godwin. I mean, like no, I, it, maybe no Fournette. Right, maybe no Leonard Fournette. Like you, that that's a problem. Leonard Fournette was big mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Like he dogged. <laughs> like, like <laughs> and so to not have that, like Tom, it, it's it's a lot more. It's, uh, Tom Brady has to rely on Gronk a lot, rely on Gronk a lot more, and that like it's gonna be easier to limit, you know, what they can do. And when you got this, the Rams just got like they spent money on this defense for a reason. Like for this game to see to to put pressure on Tom Brady, and so you know with uh, with their offense being limited due to these injuries and uh, you know niggas getting naked on the field, I I, I think the Rams uh, I think the Rams gonna gonna break through. I think they're gonna break through. That leaves us with the 49ers versus Green Bay on the on that side of the bracket rematch. And I think this time Green Bay ain't going. Like, this time, Green Bay is not going to get ran off the field by a more physical team that could run the ball because they started building their team to look like that 49ers team instead with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones bruising, being able to run. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't think the 49ers have what it takes this year to beat Green Bay the way they've been playing. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think – I think that defense, like we was talking about with Bosa, you have you have to be concerned about the pressure that they can create. But I, I think that I think Green Bay. I think if, if anything, this is these are the thing, this is what Green Bay is prepared for. Uh-huh. This is what they put it together for. Like they if if like if it's any game that you got circled, if it's anybody that you worried about, these is you know this is who you game plan for. So I'm a I'm a I'm a big star guy in the playoffs, whether it's the NBA or the NFL. Like, you know, I, I go with the, the, the big names because they big names for a reason. And I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. A lot he wants to, prove. to He wants to get out that conference semis, out that conference and finals, and into that Super Bowl finally. And he petty. He petty. He mm-hmm. know they should have won last season. <laughs> he, yeah, he, 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 he ain't stopped thinking about that one. But if we got Green Bay there, then Green Bay plays the Rams. And I actually feel real iffy about Green Bay versus the Rams. But I believe in Green Bay and more than I believe in the Rams. Because Green Bay does not make the same number of mistakes as the Rams make. Aaron Rodgers does not turn over the ball. Like, Matthew Stafford is liable to throw one or two picks. Yeah. And that that, that is just... It's just, mm. but uh, you know, I wanna, I wanna agree with you. I, I mean, I know he, gonna, I know, Aaron, uh, or uh, staff is gonna, th- or, you know, give up the ball. He's gonna do that. My only thing is, I really like that Rams defense. I you really like both. that Rams defense. Like when you talk about Von Miller and Aaron Donald, Jalen Rams is gonna shadow Devontae Adams all game. Jalen Rand, like, what do you say? Like that, like that's a big three in football on one side of the field at every level. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are we Look, doing? Like that, that is scary, bro. That is it's scary. Special. That is scary. And and you know, I think because Odell Beckham, everybody want to see how Odell Beckham and Matthew Stafford work. That they've gotten the lion's share of the conversation. 
but I think that this I think this Rams defense has been slept on. So I got the, I I I got I take the Rams beating Green Bay. Green Bay loses in the third straight NFC Championship. Then like oof, yeah, oof. yeah, that'll be a tough one. I, I so our Super Bowl picks are a little iffy here because we are we are disagreeing kind of on both sides. Yeah. Like we could we could see if like you was right we would see Chiefs v Rams. If I was right we see Titans versus Green Bay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I we can leave it at that. Right. And just like, who knows where it's going to come. There's a lot to happen through there. But that is like where our playoff bracket is for right now. And I like I like leaving it there because we were pretty much on the same side of most things up until that kind of yeah. very end point. And nah, like, that's, that's what makes the football interesting. You got too much faith in Aaron Rodgers, man. You got way too much it's, faith in Aaron Rodgers. Um, well, to be fair... <laughs> Uh, I think he might win back-to-back MVPs. So, like, I, th- I do think he should win MVP. I do so, think like, MVP. that might be well-placed faith in that in that situation. Now, they do like giving it up the goods in the conference finals. So, like, <laughs> what like that would be kind of poetic if they yeah. lose to the Rams again. Let, yeah. let, let's keep it to like the last thing we got going on here, and this is like best and worst of free agency, right? Just like. It's really important because a lot of these deals are long-term deals. So what can look terrible now might look better in one or two years, right? But some of these things just look objectively bad or objectively good, like vice versa. Some things that look really good now could look terrible. And I want to start with Bill Belichick because when free agency happened, day one, Bill Belichick opened up the checkbook. Well, sorry, Bill Belichick opened up Robert Kraft's checkbook and started playing Monopoly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and to be fair, they had one of the best free agent signings of the year. Like, they signed Matthew Judon off of the Ravens for four years, $56 million. And that was a huge payday. Huge payday for Matthew Judon. And he has lived up to that contract in this first year. He had 12 and a half sacks, 14 tackles for a loss, 25 quarterback hits, and 60 total tackles. He was tied seventh in the league. For sacks. So like he was playing, he was playing up to that money a lot. Now on the other side of things, they gave Johnu Smith four years and $50 million. He only has 28 catches and less than 300 yards. Like they gave him $12.5 million for this year to get less than 300 yards and a single touchdown. Yeah. They yeah. get they gave Hunter Henry three years and $38 million on the other side of the field for two tight ends. And he has over 600 yards, 50 catches and nine TDs. And he is making like significantly less money. Like he's making like what, 12 and a half a year. So like Bill took a lot of swings here. He missed on some, like, I think he hit on Hunter Henry. I think he hit on Matthew Judon, but he missed on John U. Smith. And he also missed on Nelson Aguilar who got a two-year, $22 million deal. Only $11 million, but he had 473 yards, three TDs. They overpaid for subpar production from Nelson Aguilar, and, like, he was he was decent on the Raiders. Like, that Raiders season was actually quite good for him, but, like, consistently, especially in his, on his Eagles career, like, this is about what you should have expected from bruh. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, 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 didn't, I mean, I didn't want to bring up his Eagles career. Just, I mean, just because, like, bro, when you become a, when you become a, a, a meme, 
because a man saves uh uh like what was like a, was it a baby or something? It's like it's like I, I, somebody jumped out a window and a man caught him like out of a, a fire and was like, yeah, I caught the baby. Unlike Nelson Aguilar for the <laughs> for the Eagles. Like, damn, bro. You know what I mean? So that means like you got to work on them hands. So I, but I think when it comes to you know when it comes to this the predicament that uh, Bill Belichick and him was in. Um, you got to swing for the fences when you got a young talent. Yeah, you know I mean, you you want to put the right pieces around them. And if Bill Belichick has been able to do anything right, is get the right pieces that, that that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, it's good enough. It's certain names that people are tossing around the term Hall of Fame simply because Bill Belichick put them in a position to, you know, always you know get get their stats up. So. I try, you know, even when Bill do shit like you, I trust him. Like you know, you you with that type of experience, you you trust him. I didn't think the John Smith contract was bad at first, and granted, it's a four year contract, so that's kind of one of those like it could end up looking better, and it's a slow start, and like it, it just ugh, the production for costs is not great. It's not great. There are some other players in here and there, like on my like best list, I had like Marvin Jones Jr. Another wide receiver for like comparison to Nelson Aguilar, who was at a two year, $14 million deal. So he's making about $4 million less a year than Nelson Aguilar. He was easily the most consistent wide receiver on the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> giving Trevor Lawrence stability. He got like, yeah. like seriously, he had 73 yeah. catches, 830 yards, uh, four TDs. Like that was very good value on a team where nothing went right. right. So like you could have gotten Marvin Jones Jr. <laughs> Yeah, like 800 yards with the Jaguars? Exactly. That's not bad. That's that's great considering everything they went through. <laughs> right. Like, so, like, when I look at that comparative value for a player like Marvin Jones Jr., you could have paid significantly less for, et cetera, but it's all hindsight, right, on a similar length of a deal. A guy that I really want to talk about, was a guy the Bengals took a massive chance on out of New Orleans, Trey Hendrickson, defensive end. They gave him a four-year, $60 million deal. This is a huge, huge gamble because, like, Trey Hendrickson, all his career, first four years, the first three years, relatively middling, and I don't want to be rude about that. But contract year, right, and everybody wants to talk about how players play up to that contract year, right? Mm-hmm. He played up to that contract year with the Saints. He got 13 and a half sacks on that contract year. The Saints did not want to pay him, probably because of the things they saw the first three years, right? Bengals gave him the bag, and it paid off. Like, he ended up getting 14 sacks this year, three forced fumbles, 12 tackles for a loss, 27 quarterback hits, and, like, it's still early into a four-year deal. But it looks like that last year in New Orleans was not a flash in the pan, and it was more of, like, what we should expect to see to come double digit DN. Yeah, I mean, especially when you when you see progress too. Like when you when you go to new system, new organization, and you add on to like the momentum that you was already carrying. Uh, I mean, shit. But I, I feel like this the Bengals is just making like ever since they got rid of Marvin Lewis, they just started just, just making good decisions. Like just, <laughs> like just putting just putting shit together well. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't get to where you don't get to this position. I mean, without like you know being able to see shit like that, and I mean, shit, you got you a DN that could get you fourteen sacks. That's huge. Like everybody's yeah. looking for that shit. 
Right. Like the Raiders were still looking for that shit after losing Khalil Mack up until this year when they got Yannick Ngakwe, who gave them 10. And like, to be fair, he's on a two year, 26 mil. That was another one of my high, like, really good free agency signings. Now, there are two players. I'll say this too, though. I'll say this too, though, about the Bengals. They draft a lot of Sooners. I don't know if they, I don't know if they have somebody, uh, like in their front office that, um, that went to OU or what it was, but they draft a lot of OU players. Mixon, uh, P. Ron, um, tight ends from back in the day. Uh, it, it, it's, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of uh, uh, OU players that ended up with the Bengals. So I kind of I low key fuck with them. OU is a good like football factory school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, there there are two players, and these two players I think are far and beyond the best free agency signings of the year just for value. And the first one is Cordell Patterson for the Falcons. He was on a one-year, $3 million deal. He had 618 rush yards, six rushing TDs, 550 receiving yards, and five receiving TDs. That's like 11 touchdowns. And over 1,100 all-purpose yards for $3 million. Yeah. That shows you how bad Matt Nagy of a coach was. Like, Matt Nagy ruined his value that much. He goes on a one-year prove-it deal to the Falcons and puts up otherworldly numbers. Yeah, I mean, again, though, like, that's that's why Matt Nagy doesn't have a job. (laughs) I mean, one of the key things that we got to pay attention to is, like, shit, these head coaches is – it's about recognizing and developing talent. Like knowing what you, to do with it. Right. Utilize, I was about to say, utilizing talent, that's one of the most underrated, underappreciated. You gotta get because it's always about you know whether or not somebody's fit. And it's like, nah, if you got great talent, you gotta figure out how, how to get them in there and, and make what changes is necessary. And you know, when Matt Nagy just didn't seem up to, you know what I'm saying, up to up to that challenge. So the second one for me, I'm I'm with you there, is James Conner, who signed with the Arizona Cardinals for like a one-year, yeah. $1.75 million contract. That is ridiculous for what he did this year. He had 750 rush yards and 15 rushing touchdowns, 15 of them, on a less than $2 million deal. Another 375 through the air and another three touchdowns. Like Yeah, see, but when you – he came from six touchdowns the season before, though. <laughs> so it's like, but that Pittsburgh, I, I think he kind of got screwed by that Pittsburgh offensive line. Yeah. It was really bad. Like, they, they had to redo it this season, right, because of how bad it was. So, like, they redid the offensive line and drafted Najee Harris, right, which Najee Harris is fantastic, good draft pick, love it, can't say anything negative about him. But James O'Connor got, like, a raw end of a stick by running behind a line that couldn't block for anything. And we all knew they couldn't block for anything. Like, he made less than $100,000 for each touchdown he scored this season. Yeah. I mean, and, and he was actually off to a – he was off to a pretty high start. Like, because uh, – what, what was that, back in 2018, 12 touchdowns? Yeah, he was 12 nice. to four to six. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, that, that next contract is usually like, eh, you got to see something. Yeah, it's we got to see yeah. something. He, he better get paid now, though, like 15 rushing touchdowns. Like he 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 he's probably gonna get picked up by somebody. That deal should pay off. Flip side, I got to talk about the worst, the worst, the worst free agent signing of this year was Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Yo, four years, seventy-two million dollars for the Giants. 
And like people will say he was hurt, right? But you got to remember, he played 14 games this season, 14 of 17, and had zero touchdowns for $18 million this zero. season. Zero mm-hmm. touchdowns and like 521 yards. He kind of gave you like Nelson Aguilar numbers for $18 million. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, zero. It- but I mean, but then again, like as, as you know, receive it's it's always hard for me. I'm always the most sympathetic to receivers because they are the most dependent position. Mm-hmm. You know, running backs they just hand in the ball. Like if they fuck up the handoff, you know, what I'm saying the pitch, like that, it, that that's a lot, right? That but we gotta get. They, they, I, I need you to get it sixty yards. You know what I'm saying? And I, I needed I need it done right. And Danny Dimes just was like, just wasn't what it was. You know what I mean? And so at, as much as as much as I'm like, you know, I'm these 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 are the moments where this bad on the behalf of the organization. Because it's it's a talent. The whole reason why you brought him there was to be uh you know the, a weapon for a quarterback that needs weapons. But if everything else ain't right, like you can't just stick somebody in there and be like, all right, well, now you got somebody to throw it to, everything should be smooth. Like, nah, that's a lot I more feel you, but he got outplayed by Kadarius Tony, who's a rookie. Nah, I'm just leaving it at that. I, I because oh. who was the who again though? Again though, who was the name? Who was the name? Look, the quarter like what happened, the quarterbacks what happened with were Juju? bad no matter what. What happened with and, and, and this and this, like I, I feel like Juju Smith Schuster is a perfect example of like how, how like wide receivers really have it bad in terms of perception when Antonio Brown was there. Juju Smith-Schuster, great numbers. Mm-hmm. Like game ball, team MVP. Now what are they doing with Juju? One-year deals. Nigga, get off TikTok. You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yo, the get off TikTok is real, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, that, like, that was the that was a known weapon. So, like, hey, who do we got to... Okay, so we're going to make sure he don't go off. But, I mean, and, that, and that, that's also not to say that, you know, it, like he is without any blame. But I, I do feel like, you know, with wide receivers, I, I, I always give me, I'm a, I'm a little bit more sympathetic to them. Especially, I'm glad when they get their bag. Um, but, and, you know, you got to recognize they really dependent in what they do. So, my last one here is Andy Dalton. Like, the, the, there are so many reasons why Andy Dalton was one of the worst free agent pickups of the season. And a lot of them aren't really because of Andy Dalton. That's the worst part. It's like we paid Andy Dalton. We promised to start Andy Dalton, which limited the development of Justin Fields. But also we paid and decided to start Andy Dalton when we already had Nick Foles on our roster. So, like, it wasn't like we needed an Andy Dalton. Like, we already like he was already paying Nick Foles. Like, we paid that man Nick Foles to, I think, play one game this season. <laughs> and then, like, slice it up with the third stringers, as he says. Like, there was just no sense around the Andy Dalton thing. Like, this is like a pro Andy Dalton take, <laughs> but unfortunately, this is an anti Bears take because, like, okay, so you slipped it because I was because I was making a I, I had a anti Giants. I was anti Giants. I was I feel like the Giants is your fault. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just like. I don't got nothing against Andy Dalton, but you spent the 12th pick on a quarterback. You moved up in the draft, gave your next year first round pick. And then you were like, oh, well, you know, Andy Dalton, he's QB1. Like, like, like that probably, that probably accelerated the firing of Nagy and Pace so much. So 
that, those are my I mean, best. And that's also why I said that Andy Dalton is not fucking Alex Smith. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Justin Fields was not going to sit behind Andy Dalton and just develop and, you know, get that much better by watching fucking Andy Dalton. It just wasn't going to work like that. Like, he needs- I, I honestly believe that if Andy Dalton did not get hurt, we would have tried it. Like, Matt Nagy would have tried it. Like, I, I just – I can't shake the feeling that if Andy Dalton doesn't go down, Matt Nagy definitively would have tried it, would have tried to ride with him. So let's move on to the final segment. Let's – Let's not play – let's not play, boy. All right, welcome to the final segment of the show, the heart of the show, Ballers Bouquets. Too often in the media, people only want to focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here I like to make a change. And this week's Ballers Bouquet goes to Tyron Matthew of the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go. For his Tyron Matthew Foundation. Look, Tyron Matthew of the Chiefs does a lot through this foundation. But the one thing that I really, really want to focus on is his initiative, Tyron's Teachers. And this is really important because what he likes to do yearly is people nominate their teachers all over the Kansas City metro area. And he has his organization hand deliver 32 gift baskets to these teachers that get nominated. Right. And it's not like these gift baskets are like super expensive or anything, but it's about like the message that he is trying to send that the teachers are important. Right. Teachers are some of the most underappreciated, hardest working people in our society that we give the job of shaping our youth. They are underpaid. They are undersupported. They go through the roughest of conditions, especially considering covid. And Mm -hmm. it is just something that it's important. Like a lot of the times on the ballers BK, I like to focus on the things that athletes do for the children. And that is in and of itself important. But Teachers are so frequently unseen for their struggle in America that having this type of initiative is extremely important and deserves its credit. But on the flip side, he also does a Shark Tank kind of version with Teach for America in Kansas City. And what he does is he has teachers in the Kansas City metro area basically pitch ideas for projects to improve their schools, their classrooms, and the learning experience of their students. And a panels of sharks, including Tyron Matthew, basically have a set of funds that they then distribute to the teachers that have the best ideas. And it's important because teachers spend like over a billion of their own dollars each year mm-hmm. to support their own classrooms because of how underfunded they are. Like they are already underpaid and then use their salary that's already too small in the first place to then support other people's children and their learning experience. So like these are two things that Tyron Matthew does that focus on just giving back to teachers who are kind of the bedrock of our foundation and society. And Kansas City needed. Kansas City needed. We just got our school like uh, just got our schools back credited to be clear. You know what I'm saying? So like uh so you know, every year or during a certain period of time, they uh, assess how well students are performing. And uh, based on their performance, the the, uh, the district as a whole, it's either, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty much graded 
on on how well the students are are like what type of outcomes they're producing. And so the uh, the state accreditation kind of uh, speaks to saying that the, like this district is a district that the state stands behind. Like we we recognize that they meet the metrics um, of uh, being a productive institution. Um, Kansas City schools lost their accreditation from the state. Uh, so uh, in, in, in both at different times, but in both Kansas City, Kansas and Kansas City, Missouri. So because those those things are separate. So like we, I think it's in Kansas City, Kansas. They just recently got their accreditation uh, back. So <laughs> the school that I graduated from was not accredited at the time where I graduated Central High School. Uh, so, you know, like that, like, to, so for me to be able to go to college and do whatever else, that was all on my own. They ain't had shit to do because with my, when I got my diploma, when I graduated, it ain't mean nothing. You know what I mean? So to have, yeah. So to have yeah. people in Kansas City invested, like, especially the athletes, because I, I mean, growing up there, there was nothing that I ever experienced like that. Like you had Chiefs players that kind of gave back, but to, to this extent, especially like geared towards educating the students and schools um, and projects that help, you know, grow these environments. Uh, it, it's great to see, it. especially from, you know what I mean? Like uh, a winning Kansas City Chiefs team. Cause when I was a kid, the Chiefs sucked. So, <laughs> so this is kind of the reason why I want to talk about Terry Matthew here. Like, the Tyrion Matthew Foundation does a bunch of other great stuff. They do back-to-school shopping sprees where they help a bunch of kids, 6 to 17, with the Boys and Girls Club at Kansas City. They do, like, food distribution drives during the holidays for, like, Thanksgiving where they give out, like, 5,000 meals. 500, not 1,000. 500 meals. <laughs> that was very that, – that, that extra zero means a lot. Like, <laughs> and, like other things like that. But this is important because Kansas City is an area where they actually just – accredited everybody that's 18 years or older with a high school diploma to be a substitute teacher. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, that happened today. Like today they were like, if you're 18 with a diploma, you can teach, you can teach high school. We need it. We need it bad. We need it bad. We need that like they need it that bad. And that's like because like teachers are flocking out of the education uh, industry at a massive rate because of all the things that we've talked about, underpaid, under supported, terrible work conditions, etc. So especially in the state of Kansas, they make no investment in it either. Like the state makes no investment in it. So like see why. So that's why this week's ballers bouquet goes to Tyrion Matthew for trying to make things a little bit better for some of the most important people in our society. And that was it for episode 66 of the Flyer Out podcast. This motherfucker was long. Like, I might have to cut this cut this shit now up you, a special you, way. You, you will. You will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I might, I might yeah. have to cut this up a special way, but it was fantastic. Thank you, Damo, for joining us. I appreciate you. Let everybody know where they can find you. They can follow no, you for at. Sure. For sure. Uh, I mean, hey, thanks. First... I appreciate it, bro. Like, uh, like being here, you know what I'm saying? Go going over it with you. You feel me? Like, like your expertise is is definitely needed. Great, you know what I mean? Conversation. Like, cause like I said, I, in, in the beginning, I'm more casual. You, you feel me? Like I, I stay on top of what I stay on top of. Like I get a lot of push notifications. So I do a lot of reading. But uh y'all can find me at the political plug on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, you can also check me out on the Chop Up Show on YouTube. Check us out on Instagram uh, and Spotify. 
as well as Apple Podcasts at the Chop Up Show. Chop Up Show every Monday, right? Yeah, every Monday. Yeah, let people know when when they can hit y'all up. Y'all are live. They interact with all your listeners. Y'all can comment on things through their YouTube because it's live on YouTube. They be showing the comments, getting to y'all, giving y'all like everything that you need to know through like culture daily things that are going on for people of like all types but especially black people it's a show that i really enjoy i want y'all to check it out for all of my listeners wherever you're on spotify apple music idea youtube etc i appreciate each and every single one of y'all and i cannot wait to give you episode 67 next week the fly route pod 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 the fly route